All right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. Emergency podcast time. We're going to do a quick pod. I had to hop on this Friday afternoon, recording at 1.45 Eastern Time. Michael Jordan has sold majority stake in the Charlotte Hornets. It finally happened. We've seen the reports lately. Uh, it's a glorious day for Hornets fans. The, the reign of terribleness and horrible ownership is finally over. Hopefully the cheap ownership part of this is over too. We'll find out that later, but let's just t- break things down and what's going on. Gabe Plotkin, Richard Schnall are now majority stakeholders in the Charlotte Hornets. They are the new owners of the Charlotte Hornets. Nobody knows who Richard Schnall is, kind of a regular hedge fund guy, whatever. Richard, or Gabe Plotkin runs Melvin Capital. If you remember, vaguely remember the Melvin Capital name, it's because they were huge into the GameStop Robin Hood stock controversy where Redditors, they boosted the crap out of the GameStop stock and then Melvin Capital had a huge short position. They basically got it taken off trading platforms like Robin Hood and people hate him. The Reddit people despise him. That's all you got to know is Reddit people do not like this guy. He runs Melvin Capital and that's Kind of all we know. These guys kind of come out of nowhere, and they're just mega rich dudes. Eric Church, J. Cole are also part of the ownership group as well. Uh, some North Carolina people there. But let's talk about the Michael Jordan part of things. It's great the Hornets are sold, whatever. Let's talk about how bad it's been. So Michael Jordan buys the team in 2010 for reportedly either $180 million or $275 million, depending on where you find your report. He sells the team for $3 billion today, so... Insane, insane amount of money, insane investment. He is going to be a minority stakeholder and an advisor still with the Charlotte Hornets. But let's talk about what he's done during that time and why I have to do an emergency podcast right now. Let's look at the positives first. We always start with the good news, right? We're going to start with the good news of what Michael Jordan has done during his time with the Charlotte Hornets. So this is since 2010, since he bought the team in the Michael Jordan era. And when we talk about these other teams involved with this, this is all during the Michael Jordan era, so the past 13 years since 2010. So the positives. He made the playoffs multiple times. He changed the name back to the Hornets. It was the Bobcats. Not a great name. Back to the Hornets. We have the best gear in the league. We have the coolest jerseys. Drafted Kemba Walker. Drafted Lamella. Great picks. Uh, Miles Bridges was also a good pick. I know the whole controversy around him. Whatever. Great basketball player. Off the court stuff. Different story. Whatever. Not getting into that. Uh, We made the play in a couple times. Kind of cool, I guess. Signed Al Jefferson. And that's kind of about it. That's about it. Let's look at the negatives. Only won three playoff games. In 13 years, we have been to the playoffs two times. You know how I said we went to the playoffs multiple times as a positive? Keyword, multiple. Only twice. We went twice in 13 years. We'll get into what other teams have done during these 13 years, but let's talk about more of the negatives. In 12 years, to make the playoffs twice, or 12-13, whatever you look at it, the Nick Batum contract, disaster contract. If you don't remember Nick Batum, he was making 20 plus million dollars a year as a cheerleader for the Hornets. He even said that himself, that he was basically an overpaid cheerleader. He didn't play the last couple years of his contract. It was so, so, so bad. The One of the worst contracts in league history. Blown out in both play-in games. The fact that the first play-in game, you put up a thing in your practice arena saying, with the score getting blown out, not going to happen again, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Then the following year, to get blown out by even more than the previous year. That just describes how this time has been with Michael Jordan as the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. 
And my favorite part, let's get into the draft picks part of things. All right, let's go into the draft picks, uh, notable draft picks by Michael Jordan and things that have happened during the NBA drafts during his time. 2011, Kemba Walker, great pick, awesome pick, one of the be- maybe the best pick in, in the, during his time. Uh, it only goes downhill from here, I think. To, we drafted Tobias Harris, traded him to Milwaukee. Not great. Tobias Harris is a very fine player. Michael K. Gilchrist, obviously not a great pick, but that was more so we missed out on Anthony Davis. The NBA kind of screwed the Hornets, however you look at it. Conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory you know, the conspiracy hat on, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we, You know, they gave the Hornets to the New Orleans Hornets, Anthony Davis, the number one pick. And who owned the New Orleans Hornets was David Stern. Kind of, uh, kind of, kind of, kind of, it's okay to have questions, in my opinion, on that one. Uh, but Michael Kidd Gilchrist, not a great pick. Uh, Cody Zeller, fourth pick. O- honestly, it's not the worst pick in the world. I mean, it's obviously not great, but that draft was also not very good. Not, not a good draft. We also draft in 2014, Noah Vonley, one of the worst picks in our time as Hornets fans, Bobcats fans, or during MJ's era, Noah Vonley, terrible, terrible pick. Uh, we drafted Shabazz Napier, traded him to Miami, and we got P.J. Harrison in return. Nothing really there. End of the first round. You know, if you miss on end of the first round, it happens. We also, sneaky one, we drafted Dwight Powell in the second round, traded him to Cleveland, so fun one there. Uh, 2015, this is the worst one of all. I know I said Leo Vonley wasn't great, but this was the worst one of them all. We drafted at ninth overall. A lot of Hornets fans remember this. You're sitting there. It's the eighth pick. Detroit had the pick, I believe. And Justice Winslow is still on the board. Yes, Justice Winslow is bust. Did not work out. That's not the point here. Justice Winslow is on the board. He does not get drafted. I believe they took Stanley Johnson. The ninth pick is available. We are on the clock. It comes out afterwards that Danny Ainge offered the Charlotte Bobcats Hornets, whatever they were at the time, four to five first-round picks for that one single pick. And Michael Jordan says no. Four to five first-round picks for that single pick. So Danny Ainge was going to take Justice Winslow, and we took Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky. Over four to five first round picks. One of the most egregious ownership moves of all time. It doesn't get much worse than that. You can blame it on the GM, but at the end of the day, that falls on ownership. That's terrible. That's terrible. Frank Kaminsky, we draft him. Obviously, what did he do? Absolutely nothing. He was terrible. He was awful. Let's keep it moving here. Uh, we give up, you know, Justice Linzo wasn't a great pl- player. Obviously, he had r- injuries and all that. Uh, kind of a sad career. But the fact that you don't take that trade offer and you think Frank Kaminsky's the guy, Frank Kaminsky, <sighs> whatever. Anyhow, moving on, uh, we drafted Malachi Richardson technically, traded him to Sacramento in 2016. Doesn't really matter there. Uh, 2017 drafted Malik Monk. Sneaky, not a bad pick. He obviously was good in Sacramento. Just Charlotte was not the right place for him. We you know, had the controversy with him and Devontae Graham, who to pay, who not to pay. Uh, I always liked Malik Monk. I was a Malik Monk guy, but obviously he found his spot in Sacramento. I'm happy for him, but uh, I don't think that's the worst pick in the world. Uh, we technically drafted Frank Jackson, traded him to New Orleans. 
2018, this is where things get interesting again. We draft Shea Gilgis Alexander. You're thinking, oh my gosh, that's a great pick. No, we traded him for Miles Bridges. Yes, Miles Bridges, fine player, borderline all-star. Shea Gilgis Alexander was top five in MVP voting, was averaging 31.1 points per game this season unreal player just another story in Hornets history just like how we trade Kobe Bryant kind of thing I'm not saying Shea Gilgis is Kobe Bryant but it's just another trend that continues let's move on 2019 PJ Washington 12th overall pick fine pick not bad uh then Cody Martin in the second round obviously not bad uh and then signed Caleb Martin you know as undrafted free agent he's apparently one of the best players in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. So that happens. And I know I'm ranting right now. We'll get through this very quickly now. Uh, LaMelo Ball drafted. Uh, James Booknight, obviously, it's a bad pick. I'm willing to go out there and say it now. The James Booknight experience should be over. Uh, It's just not going to happen. And then Mark Williams this past year. But we also did Jalen Duran, traded him for basically nothing just to move back two spots for genuinely nothing, for like Denver's pick this year, whatever it is. It's so bad that we were, the reason I bring up this picks. some of them not bad, some of them fine, you know, it happens, you know. The problem is, you make the playoffs twice in 13 years. Those other years, you should, if you're not making the playoffs, you're probably not a great team. The fact that we did not hit huge on any of those draft picks is the problem. You have to hit on those draft picks big time if you're a small market franchise. We are Charlotte is not a free agent destination. Some people like to disagree with that. Some people like to say, "Oh, Charlotte could be. Oh, you know, it's not a you know, it's not a bad city." No, you're not on par with the Los Angeles, Miami, New Yorks of the world. It's just not. Not even Chicago. There there's the you know, Carolina is not one of those tax income states like Memphis or like Texas, whatever. Charlotte's not a free agent destination. We have to, the Hornets have to hit on drafts. That is so critical as a small market franchise. Why are the Bucks good right now? Because they hit on Giannis. Why are the Nuggets good right now? Because they hit on Jamal Murray and they hit on Jokic. You have to hit on those guys. Yes, it's a once in a million, but guess what? You got to do it. And in 13 years to not even get remotely close, your best draft pick is Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker. Maybe LaMelo Ball? Maybe? We don't even know yet. There's still a lot of questions with LaMelo. It is so bad. It is so frustrating if you're a Hornets fan, as I am, obviously. You can't have that. You can't have that. And so the fact that Michael Jordan hasn't done that, hasn't hit huge, huge. We drafted, you know, borderline all-star Miles Bridges, all-star in LaMelo Ball, all-star in Kemba Walker. You need to hit big-time guys if you want to make it in this league. And to not have won a playoff series is the other part where it's ridiculous, where they did go for, go for it, as they say. If you're listening on audio, there's air quotations when I say go for it, when you sign Nick Batum and those guys. All right, well, draft rant's over. Uh, Let's move on to the different owners and different other teams to compare with during his time. Since he became the owner of the Hornets, they have had the same amount of playoff wins as the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings made their first playoff appearance this year since the mid-2000s. Since the mid-2000s, we had the exact same amount of playoff wins as the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings obviously won three games this year against the Golden State Warriors. That is as many wins as we have in Michael Jordan's time as majority owner. 
terrible. The Timberwolves have made the playoffs three times and won four games. The Timberwolves have more success than the Bobcats slash Hornets do in the MJ era. I don't think people understand how pitiful that is. And the only team to have done worse than these teams during that time period is the Detroit Pistons, who have not won a playoff game since 2008. They have been swept both times in their playoff series. And that just proves how bad he has been as an owner. And this is why we're doing an emergency podcast right now. This is why Hornets fans should be happy right now that we are getting a change now. Okay, and the last thing I want to touch on on the MJ stuff is that I'm tired. I'm, I'm glad he's gone. I don't want him in the Hornet spotlight anymore. I know he's an advisor, blah, 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 whatever. I want to bring this back to the LeBron-MJ debate as it always becomes. It always goes back to this as as every single time. Every talk show, everywhere talks about LeBron versus MJ, blah, blah, blah. It's frustrating if you are a LeBron fan. I understand the frustration when people talk about Michael Jordan because LeBron isn't, you know, this arrogant a-hole kind of guy that MJ is. Now, is LeBron calculated and has the world's greatest PR team that every PR team should look after? Yes, LeBron is the greatest PR team ever. He is one of the most microscoped athletes in American sports we have ever seen. But let's pretend LeBron acted like Michael Jordan for one second. How the world would crucify him. They would want him dead. They would want him gone from the face of this earth if LeBron acted like Michael Jordan has. I don't understand why Michael Jordan is given this pass, but LeBron isn't. It may be just an older generation, younger generation thing, but I I, I think we give LeBron too much criticism on that part. I do think it's fair to criticize these people. It is. It's fair to criticize anyone and anything. If you don't like this podcast, it's fair to criticize it. If you don't like LeBron James and you don't like how he goes into a press conference and tries to you know, do the whiny excuse thing where I pretty much had a broken hand but then still played in all those games just to get a little bit of sympathy to improve his legacy as a calculation that the media and all them would put this out there and people would be like, oh yeah, he has a broken hand, which in reality is the dumbest thing ever. Ever. Yes, yes, that is fair to criticize. But we also need to criticize Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan seems like this guy we're all of a sudden not allowed to criticize. He has been terrible. We need to accept this. He has been horrible. You know how we talk about Isaiah Thomas as an owner, as a GM when he was with the Knicks? That needs to be talked about how Michael Jordan has been because it has been equally terrible. He has ruined this franchise. Yes, was the franchise in a great spot before he came here? No, but he has only just done nothing. It's just coasted a line, just cashing paychecks, taking in the money, taking in the TV revenue. He will never overspend. He never actually wants to go for it. Never willing to put his money where his mouth is, unlike his golf game, apparently. It makes no sense, and I, I just thought that should be put out there. All right, let's get into the ownership side of the Hornets things, where they are headed for the future right now. Uh, the starting lineup for the Hornets, as it seems, is Lamella Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, Mark Williams, and then Miles Bridges will be coming back into the fold as well. So not a terrible, not a terrible lineup. Like when you really break it down, health is the concern there. The Hornets have the number two overall pick. Uh, apparently, every single NBA insider is saying that every single team in the league wants that number two pick. This pick, Scoot Henderson. But this is where things get interesting: is the Zion stuff that's been coming out. Obviously, we all know about the Zion stuff. If you don't know about it, Zion, uh, look. 
he likes to have sex. That's what it is. He, you know, hooking up with porn stars. Uh, he was getting with a lot of porn stars, and there was a big controversy. They were calling him out on social media. Dumb young NBA player with a gazillion dollars. A story as old as time. It happens. The real story in this is that it came out today that the Zion has had no relationship with the Pelicans. He has the very, he has just minimal relationship with the Pelicans. You could see from the draft lottery that Zion Williamson did not want to be a Pelican. He was pissed he didn't get to go to New York. He was pissed he didn't get to go elsewhere. The Pelicans were the last team he probably wanted to go to on that draft lottery night. And this is where things get interesting. The Pelicans are reportedly interested. They really, really, really want Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson apparently is 6'4", 6'9", wingspan, 6'10", wingspan, depending on where you look. Looks like a great player. Played in the G League, if you didn't know. It looks like he could be a phenomenal player. Zion Williamson is on the trade block, apparently. It re- it's gaining a lot of steam that he's on the trade block. I don't know if that's coming out of Zion's camp. I don't know if that's coming out of the Pelicans' camp. We'll find out later on. Obviously, the Pelicans aren't going to give up Zion for the cheap, but this is going to be the most buy-low opportunity you have for a Zion if he ever ha- reaches his potential. I think this is a bet worth betting on. I understand you probably are on video right now. You're seeing me wear the Duke hat. If you know me, I am a Duke fan. Obviously, that's not the thing here. Zion Williamson is different. Zion Williamson can take you to that next level. Scoot Anderson, yes, it's a big unknown. The only concern you have with the Zion part of it is two concerns, really. There's two concerns. One, the health part of it. Obviously, you got to worry about the health part of it. And two, does he like basketball? Does he truly like basketball? And going back to the health part of it, do the Pelicans know something that other teams don't? Is there really something really going on with his knee? Or is it just, frankly, he doesn't want to play for the Pelicans. He doesn't like the Pelicans organization. He doesn't like living in New Orleans. He you know, doesn't take care of his body well enough. He's not in the right place. I think the latter is probably more so than the Pelicans know something that other teams don't because the Pelicans were willing to give him that Supermax because if they knew something, I don't think they give him that Supermax. That's why I believe the latter is true there. If you're the Hornets right now, this brings it all back. If you're the Hornets, do you trade the number two pick for Zion Williamson in some sort of Hayward, you know, jumble around the money, you look at the cap space, you get on the ESPN trade machine and you look at it. Do you trade the number two pick for Zion Williamson? Emphatically, yes, on my end. And people are going to say, oh, I would rather have Brandon Ingram. No, 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 no. Brandon Ingram's a ball stopper. Brandon Ingram, he's going to get his, as they say in the business, as they say in basketball, he's going to get his. Does he bring you that winningness, you know, per se? I don't know. Zion Williamson completely changes your team. Zion Williamson is is that potential, that star that Charlotte needs. And it's not just the part of, you know, Zion Williamson, he's this great player, blah, 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 blah. It's the fit of everything, too. If anybody has watched LaMelo Ball's game, run and gun, alley-oops, Miles Bridges has improved his game dramatically since playing with LaMelo Ball. Zion Williamson with LaMelo Ball is must-watch TV. And even if you don't make the playoffs, even if you don't, even let's you probably make the playoffs with that roster. Let's say you only make it out of the first round. That's still worth it. The Hornets Hornets fans have been deprived of playoff success for so long, and this gives you an opportunity 
to have something fun. You're a national team now. If you have Zion Williamson and LaMelo Ball, you are national. LaMelo Ball is one of the most followed athletes in the freaking game right now. He is he every young kid loves LaMelo Ball. I don't think people who are older in sports media understand how big of a deal LaMelo Ball is and how they like to dismiss him because of the LaVar stuff and how he hasn't had a lot of playoff success yet. He is a great player. He's going to be a great player. And getting a guy like Zion Williamson with him is such a good fit for this team. Obviously, are the Pelicans going to do it? We don't know. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of smoke is out there right now with the draft coming up next Thursday. But it comes to the question, do you trade the number two pick? Arguably either Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson. It looks like it's going to be Scoot Henderson now as of recent reports. Yes, you trade that if Zion Williamson is on the table. Because let's break it down real quick. Let's bring up Zion Williamson's stats right now, his career stats. Here we go. His career stats. He has played in 114 games, so not great. The health bet is not great, but I think it just needs to be a different change of scenery. I think that's a bet worth betting on if you're the Charlotte Hornets. His career average, 26 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. That is remarkable numbers. And that's not even the best part of his game. That's not, The stats are great. Look at the efficiency, 58% from the field in his first year, 61% out the next year, 60% from the field. Those are remarkable numbers. Yes, he takes a lot of close shot, but guess what? He makes them. He makes them. A lot of the games, he goes 9 for 12, 10 for 15, 16 for 20. Those are real numbers. Those are efficient numbers. When you get to play for a guy like – he gets to play with a guy like LaMelo Ball – that's the other thing that people aren't realizing about the Pelicans. Zion Williamson has not played with a legit point guard. Let's look at the point guards he's played with. Jose Alvarado, undrafted free agent. He's a great player. Scrappy, defensive guy. I really like Jose Alvarado, but he's not a great point guard. He's not a great passing point guard. CJ McCollum. That's kind of about it. That's kind of where you're looking at. Kyra Lewis, maybe. It's not great. Zion Williamson, when he gets when he gets a point guard that can get him the ball in good spots, they can space the floor. And the beauty of Zion Williamson it, that if he joins the Hornets, it's not going to be take your turn basketball like it is in in New Orleans. New Orleans is a, not a fun team to watch. It's only fun because of Zion. Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum, those are ball stoppers. It slows down. It's take your turn mid range isos. Great for them. They're going to get their stats. Is that winning basketball? No. We saw in the playoffs. Who won the finals this year? Who's won the finals the last two years in basketball? The Nuggets, the Warriors, the two most passing teams in the league. The Hornets have one of the best passing point guards in the NBA right now. Nobody would run better with LaMelo Ball than Zion Williamson, Miles Bridges, and be able to space the floor out with a couple of shooters. They have a rim protector in Mark Williams. They would have a backup just in case Zion gets hurt in P.J. Washington, who could play great minutes. He is very interchangeable. He can play the three, the four. Even if you really had to, they have played him at the five at times as well, depending on the lineup. The last part of this Zion part I wanted to bring up was with new ownership coming in, this is the splash we always see. What happened when the Timberwolves just got sold? They made that ridiculous Rudy Gobert trade. New ownership is always looking to put their name on stuff. Let's look at the Suns this year. The Suns traded Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson for Kevin Durant immediately right when uh, Matt Ishba comes in. 
We're going to see something similar with the Hornets. It may not be a Zion trade, but we are going to see that similar splash. This is why the Zion trade has real legs, in my opinion. Zion Williamson to the Hornets makes so much sense. Zion to the Hornets. I'm speaking it into existence right now. This is a great day for Hornets fans. We should be so happy. Michael Jordan is no longer the owner. We have so much to look forward to. The NBA draft next week. Thank you again for listening to today's show. Really, really appreciate it. I know it's a solo pod. It's kind of weird. If you're watching on Spotify, YouTube, thank you. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll have articles getting posted next week on CarterCast.com daily. We're going to get some more writers in. I'm going to try and get some baseball stuff up too. Since we don't talk about baseball on here, we'll get baseball on the website. I know there's people that like baseball. We'll get baseball on the website. We'll get picks and all that kind of stuff up there as well get you through the dog days of summer fun blogs we're gonna have fun podcasts coming up soon we're gonna do more of like we did with the fat guy moves draft we're gonna have a lot more of that coming this summer we've got a long 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 time until real sports are back we're gonna have nba free agency the nba draft all that we'll be back next week with connor and i hopefully adam stanko will be able to join us for our nba draft pod uh, we'll also do a quick little draft with him like we did with the fat guy moves draft so stay tuned for that subscribe rate review do what you can to do to help out the podcast thank you again so much for listening what a great day for hornets fans and we'll see y'all next time